Hello, it's Mike McDivitt, interim pastor of the New Hope Baptist Church here on December the 25th. It is Christmas time. We already did our Christmas message last week. So I thought today we would, um, tomorrow is of course the 26th and it's Sunday. Unusual, I guess, having a Saturday being Christmas and tomorrow's church after Christmas. So what I wanted to speak on today is what to do when trials come your way. And what to do when you're the cause. A lot of people are going through a lot of trials right now. With the COVID thing and the threatening of their jobs and um, the economy. And you go down the list. It's so much going on right now. Anxiety is reaching high points in our society, isn't it? Trials and tribulations, sometimes you cannot control them. They come your way. And sometimes... You know, we are the cause. So I thought we'd look at that through the life and the lens of David. If you would, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1 through 6. 1 Samuel 30, let's look at verses 1 through 6. We'll see how we can run through this today. We're going to read the first six verses and then have a word of prayer. And it says, And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day, and the Amalekites had invaded the south of Ziklag, and smitten Ziklag, and burned it with fire, and taken the women captives that were therein, and slew not any, neither great nor small, but carried them away, and went on their way. And David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. And David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. <clears throat> and David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam, the Jezreelite, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. Carmelite rather. <clears throat> and David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people were grieved. And every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for this day you've given us, Lord. And I pray, dear Father, that you will show us what you would have for us in your word today. And thank you for this, this Christmas day we're having today. I hope all is having a good Christmas day. Celebrating the birth of your son into this world, Lord. We thank you for that gift. And I ask these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So here in this thought today of what to do when trials come your way is something that he couldn't control. He was, of course, um, he ran away from Saul. He was in the land of the Philistines. And when his men and him were out, you know, away doing their thing, uh, here come an enemy that they didn't even expect. Came out of, uh, of, of uh, left field, as you could say. They were not, of course, if they were, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have been gone, would they have? And they took, they burnt the city, and they took not only everything they had, but more importantly, their families. Their families. What do you do when things happen like that? What do you do when things happen like that? And then not only did they lose everything, the men 
turned against David, blaming him, apparently, for the loss of their families. They were so grieved and they wept until they had no more tears in them, I guess. And then they turned their eyes on David. Don't, doesn't this happen? Haven't you seen this? When people turn their anger on someone. There's nothing that person can do. That person didn't do anything to deserve their anger. But yet that was going to be where they would turn their hatred towards. At least momentarily. Right? And here David is alone. Have you ever been there? <laughs> I think we all have, haven't we? I've been there. You feel alone. You feel, what did I do? And then you feel, what do I do? Well, in verse 6 is what David did. He said he encouraged himself in the Lord. When things happen to you, you have no control over. What do you do? Well, I always turn to God's word. You turn to the Lord. You did I do anything to deserve this? And you, you think of, and according to God's word, what did I do? What did I do anything? What do I do? Yeah, you turn to the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes you have to just encourage yourself. If nobody's there to encourage you, if you haven't done anything wrong, you encourage yourself. In other words, you man up. Now, you don't do it on your own. You need God's power, God's help, don't you? But man, you see, sometimes you just need to man up and, uh, okay, I can handle this with, uh, with God's help. I can get through this. I didn't do anything to deserve this, but I can get through this. He lost everything, but he encouraged himself in the Lord. Have you ever lost everything? I hate to say it, but I have. <laughs> as far as monetarily goes. What do you do? What do you do? Well, you encourage yourself in the Lord. If you have the Lord, what else do you need? That's easy to say when times are easy, isn't it? But I'm telling you, it's the measure of a Christian when things are hard. If you're still going to do it. My father got to hear... Uh, Pastor Warmbrand, the Tortured for Christ, that wrote the book Tortured for Christ. And I'm sure that man had to encourage himself when he was sitting in jail with uh, the first place his, his Nazi uh, um, torturers, or whatever you want to call them, captors, and then, then the Russians. And that man had to endure. And he had to, I'm sure, encourage himself in the Lord. You read, if you haven't read the book, read the book. And there's a second book. I can't think of the name of it up by hand. I have it, but I can't think of the name of it. But um, my dad got to meet him. And he had some uh, crippled up, you know, things with his body going on because of all the abuse he took. But he encouraged himself in the Lord and got through it. He got through it. Sometimes we need to encourage ourselves. In the Lord. Well, what did he do when this happened? What did he do when this happened? Well, let's look in 7 and 8. It says, And David said unto Abathar the priest, the Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither 
the ephod. And Abathar brought hither the ephod to David. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue after the troops? Shall I overtake them? And he answered, And pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them without failure. Excuse me, without fail, recover all. He went to the Lord. It's exactly what you do when things happen. You encourage yourself in the Lord. Then you go to the Lord and you ask what he would have and what he would lay on your heart. We're running out of time. We can't read all these verses, but if you would look on your own um, in in, uh, the next few verses, 9 through 18, what did he do? He did what the Lord told him to do. He went after those fellows that took his wife and his two wives, really, and the rest of their wives and their children, and they smote them, right? Killed them. <laughs> and from morning till evening, it said, and, and recovered all, just like the Lord did. And what happened when he did what the Lord told him to do? In 19 and 20, the Lord blessed him, of course, uh, with uh, not only what they had lost, but what those people had was more than what uh, they had taken from David and his family. Of course, I'm sure they did that to other villages and so forth. And they came away with more than they had and all their wives and children. And all their wives and children. God blessed them. He did what God told him to do. You go to the Lord. When things happen to you, you have no control over You go to the Lord. He'll let you know what you're supposed to do. You encourage yourself. You man up. You, you woman up. I don't know whoever you are, woman or man. And you get the Lord on, on you brother, you get on the Lord's page and you do what he wants you to do. You'll get through this thing. Anxiety hits you. What do you do when trials come your way? Go to the Lord. Encourage yourself. Don't give up. Don't buckle. Life throws a lot of curveballs at you. You keep moving, my friend. A lot of people give up. Don't give up. There's a, there's a Christian song, right? Don't give up or get discouraged. That's right. The Lord's there. The Lord's there. Now, let's turn to let's turn to 2 Samuel chapter 11. 2 Samuel chapter 11. Now, what do you do when you're the cause of these trials? 2 Samuel 11. And it came to pass after the year was expired at the time when kings go forth to battle. Notice, kings went forth to battle, but David wasn't. He was at home relaxing. That David sent Joab, his servant, with him and all Israel. And they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabbah. But David tarried still at Jerusalem. And it came to pass in the eventide that David arose. Now that's an interesting verse. I'm running out of time, but not only did he stay home, at eventime he arose. He was sleeping all day long. I'm telling you what, the idle hands or devil's workshop is not just a saying, my friend. And it came to pass in the eventide that David arose from off his bed and walked upon the roof of the king's house, and from the roof saw a woman washing herself. And the woman was very beautiful to look upon. And David sent and inquired after the woman. And, and one said, 
Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite? He's one of David's mighty men, the one that's done a lot for David and his kingdom. And David sent messengers and took her, and she came unto him, and he lay with her, for she was purified of her uncleanness, and she returned to the house. And the woman conceived and sent and told David, and said, I am with child. <laughs> David's moral failure. He's about to cause a ripple in his life, his family's life, and in his country's life because of his moral failure. You say, it won't hurt anybody. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. The Lord says not to do something and it's a sin. What do you do? No, you don't do it. If in doubt, if it's more, well, then don't. My dad always said, if in doubt, don't. If in doubt, don't. David did. That wasn't the end of it. If we look in verse in this same chapter, chapter 2 Samuel 11, chapter 11, verse 14, start here and it says, And it came to pass in the morning that David wrote a letter to Joab and sent by the hand of Uriah. He sent, in other words, he sent Uriah a note of his own demise. And he wrote in the letter saying, Set Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle and retire from him that he might be smitten and die. And it came to pass when Joab observed the city that he assigned Uriah unto a place where he knew the valiant men were. And the men of the city went out and fought with Joab. And there fell some of the people of the servants of David. And Uriah the Hittite died also. What happened? This adultery also became a sin of murder murder you think God's going to let this go what do you do when you cause your own moral failings you're the cause of the trial that's about to hit you square on if you're a Christian if you're a follower of God Almighty and you do this thing you better believe that God's going to confront you about this and he does confront Samuel we're not going to read it all, but in 2 Samuel 12, verses 1 through 7, Nathan, God's man, comes to him and says about a rich man taking a poor man's little lamb that he had for a pet and ate him, took him, didn't take one of his own. He took this poor man's only lamb that he loved as a pet. They were so wrath, wrath had so much wrath, better say it right, right? That he said, oh, you know, this man deserves to die. He said, you know, if he finds this man, and restore the lamb fourfold. You know, Nathan looked at him and said, you're the man. He confronted him with his sin. That's a hard thing to do. I mean, he had to confront the king. What could David have done? He's the king. He could have killed him. But God told Nathan what to do. But this wasn't the end of it, my friend. I mean, not only did he commit adultery and a child was conceived of his adulterous affair. And then no, we didn't say about it, but then he tries to get to cover it up. He tried to get Uriah to, to come home. He brought him home and got him drunk and tried to get him to sleep with his wife so that they could cover his sin. There's an old saying, what you try to cover, God will uncover. What you uncover, God will cover with his blood, right? He tried to cover this sin. 
But your eye wouldn't. He was an upright man. He said, you know, while my men are out fighting, how can I have the pleasure of coming home and enjoying uh, peace and, and sleep and, and to be with my wife? How could I do that? It's not right. And he slept outside of the door. And so David had him killed, basically, even though he didn't do it with their, his own people's hand. Put him in the front of the soldiers, had them withdraw, and then he was killed. Man. So what does he do? Well, number one, he had to be confronted. What did he do when he was confronted? What did he do when he was confronted? Well, first off, the Lord says something, or Dave Nathan rather says something to him. Very important. Chapter 12, verses uh, 10 through 12. Very important. It says, Now therefore the sword shall never depart out of thine house, because thou hast despised me and hast taken the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be thy wife. Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will rise up evil against thee out of thine own house, and I will take thy wives before thine eyes, and give them unto thy neighbors, and they shall lie with the wives of the side of the son. For thou didst it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel. So what, what in the world was going to happen? His family was going to suffer. The sword wouldn't depart. And in fact, his country suffers. The Lord, you know, says his country's going to suffer later on. But um, he does suffer because of David's sin. Everybody feels the effect of the moral ripples, the trials that David brought upon himself. He didn't only take it upon himself. He was going to affect his family and his country. You're, what do you do when, when, when these things you cause? You know? You know, because it's not just going to gonna affect you, it's going to affect your family. It's going to affect your friends. It's going to affect your testimony. It's going to affect your church and your country. I don't care what anybody, everybody says, well, it won't hurt anything. Yes, it will. And I think the immoral effects of the Christian people that have turned away from the Lord in our country has come down to roost upon our country, upon our churches. I really do. It's a sad thing. And reaping what you sown is a true thing. The Lord might forgive you, but you're still going to reap sometimes. You know, the Lord blesses you with, we'll, we'll just say something, uh, what people don't really consider, you know, uh, of, of, of being something that you uh, is a moral failing. Let's say the Lord blesses you with money and you don't, uh, take care of it the way you ought. And it really comes to roost. Maybe you say, you know what? I can make a little more if I cheat the IRS. Right? They got too much anyway. What happens if you get caught? Well, even if you don't get caught, it's wrong. Right? What happens if you get caught? Well, they're going to come to roost. The old IRS going to come knocking at your door, my friend. And the ripple effect will affect your family. Well, won't it? And your testimony, won't it? We can say that about everything, though, right? Adultery. Uh, of course, here it was murder. Wow, you know? Lying. 
about how about the how about the people that go in the back of the church and gossip? That can destroy a church, my friend. How about people that get upset with the church and leave it and spread rumors and gossip and hatred about the former church? I've heard this in restaurants when people were behind me thinking, my goodness, what are they doing? Well, I tell you what, you'll reap what you sow in that way. You really will. Well, I'm running out of time here. I've got 20 minutes and I'm trying to, you know, I always try to hold it to that, but just read a little further with me, if you would, my friend. What do you do when you are the cause of your own failure in your morals and your sin? What do you do then? Do you just give up? Do you just wallow in it? Do you? What do you do? Well, in chapter 12, verse 13, when he was confronted with this and with the consequences, David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord also hath put away thy sin, and thou shalt not die. He won't kill you. He truly repented, and we find in other verses of the Bible that it talks about his really true repentance. Remember, he's God after, man after God's own heart. He did truly. Now, repentance means what? You turn away from what you're doing and to God. It's not just a change of mind. I know it's a change of mind in a way, but I've heard that said so much. You turn away from your sin. You turn to God. He repented. What do you do when you cause your, you're the cause of your own trial? Repent. Repentance is at the forefront of every um, revival in history. Repentance and prayer. Repent. Now, the next couple verses, he said, but you're still going to reap what you sowed. Wasn't God doing it? It's your actions that's going to do this to your own self, David. But I will forgive you. In fact, the baby dies. That was conceived of Bathsheba. Now, some blessings comes out of of uh, this repentance because what Bathsheba, what what happens later on? She has Solomon, right? And uh, through his lineage, we won't get into that. I think we've spoken about it before. Um, the inheritance part of Joseph, Jesus received, even though he wasn't his, he was a stepson because it was the Lord's son, right? Conceived of a woman. But um, through rightful lineage, he received uh, the inheritance of kingship. And through his other son, uh, Mary, he received the lineage of David physically. But um, there was still a little bit of a blessing, right? Well, I shouldn't say a little bit. Jesus Christ was not a little bit of a blessing, was it? He was the ultimate, the finisher. I tell you what. What do you do when trials come your way? Turn to the Lord. What do you do when you're the cause of it? <laughs> Repent and turn, what? To the Lord. That's right. That's right. Well, I hope you all, if you, you know, I don't, I don't know, a lot of you won't listen to this till tomorrow, but 
uh, have had or will have a great Christmas or having a great Christmas. And that uh, tomorrow you will really enjoy um, services. Hopefully you get to church on Sunday. In the meantime, I tell you what, let's have a word of prayer. Let's, Dear Father, just thank for this day you've given us, Lord, and be able to come together and worship you in the reading of your word. If we didn't do any more than to read these scriptures, we could have been uh, blessed. We will have been blessed and we will have uh, um, heard plainly and clearly what you would have for us today. We love you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, my friends, I hope you have a good week. And I pray that you will witness to some poor lost soul. Would you? God bless you.